Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gannon, for the next 90 minutes. We're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you'll get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, number to call 646 727 3070. That's 646 727 3070. You can listen to the show, blogtalkradio.com/slash PK. Send messages to the show on Twitter at go for it can. And while you're there on go for it can, give me a follow at go for it can. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. Going to get his thoughts on the Colin Kaepernick situation. Also going to get going to be joined by former NFL safety, two-time Super Bowl champion Tyrone Carter. Get his take on Colin Kaepernick. And also, we're going to be joined by boxer Darwin Paid the Price. Darwin's got a big fight coming up Saturday. NBC Sportsnet, PBC on NBC Sportsnet. We're going to talk to Darwin about that big fight, his big fight coming up on Saturday. But let's get right down to it, man. I mean, obviously, the world, everybody, social media, is talking about Colin Kaepernick and what happened and what transpired and everything like that. I mean, here's the thing. First and foremost, here's just my opinion. Whether you hate Colin Kaepernick, whether you love Colin Kaepernick, or whether you don't even care about Colin Kaepernick, I think at the end of the day, we have to say this is courageous from this standpoint. It, for somebody to stand up for the oppressed, who he believes is depressed, the oppressed, because the reality is Colin Kaepernick is making $12 million guaranteed this year. Cut, not cut, playing, not playing, he's making a guaranteed 12 mil. So the reality of that situation is it, he's getting paid. And so with that being said, him getting paid, him getting his money and all that, this could be the last time he gets paid. This could be the last time he gets big-time money. I mean, he laid it on the line. He risked it all, risked it all. I mean, the reality of the situation is he put his career on the line. This is not 2013 Colin Kaepernick. This is a 2016 Colin Kaepernick who's probably going to get beat out. Not probably. It's going to get beat out by Blaine Gabbert. He's not going to be the starter in San Francisco. He's not. So the reality is his career, after taking this type of stand, could be in jeopardy. Really could. Again, this is not 2013 Colin Kaepernick. This is 2016 Colin Kaepernick. This is the 2016 version of Colin Kaepernick. So the reality is 
with him now on the sideline, sitting down, not standing for the national anthem. He's taking a big risk. He really is. And and so from from my standpoint, hate it, love it, don't care about it. I think you got got to give the man the credit. Got to give him credit for standing up for what he believes is a group of people, African-Americans, Latinos, who are oppressed. And a lot of times we we want our athletes to speak. We want our athletes to, to be champions of the cause. We want our athletes to be all these things. We want these athletes to be honest. When they're honest, you rip them for it. You want your athletes to be out there in the forefront of the community helping and, and, and standing up for people who are less fortunate than them. You rip them when they do it. So the reality is Colin Kaepernick can't win. He, Colin Kaepernick, cannot win. And so you seem, it seems like it's a mixed bag. Got some players saying it's all good. Some players saying it's not all good. And so you got a mixed bag. And then we had other players talking about stepping up. And I think at some point other players will step up. And I think it's going to be interesting to see who is it. Who's going to take that chance? I mean, there was talk that Mike Tavares, an undrafted rookie free agent for the Philadelphia Eagles, was talking about sitting down for the national anthem. I would not advise that because the reality is you haven't established yourself in this league. You're an undrafted rookie free agent, the lowest, pretty much of the lowest in the National Football League. So that you, you got to make a roster first. You got to earn your platform as far as I'm concerned. Earn that platform, make the roster, then sit your butt down if you want. But earn the platform first. That's what you got to do. Now, obviously, the, the, the backlash has been swift. And, I mean, the reality is we look at the situation with Abdul Rauf, Mahmoud Abdul Rauf, many moons ago, who wasn't honoring the flag, if you will, who wasn't, you know, around for the national anthem and things of that nature. And we know what happened to his career. I mean, that didn't help his career. And this is not helping Colin Kaepernick's career. But I I honestly and truly think this is, in my opinion, a courageous act. The the type of act, I think, that needs to be commended. And the type of act that you could say, as far as I'm concerned, that the military fights for. You could say this is disrespectful to the military, but I won't say that. Because the reality is, this is what the military fights for. Your rights to stand up, your rights to sit down, your rights to tell you, tell the world, and everybody else how you feel. It's not like he was disrespectful about it. He just sat down. He's not burning flags. He's not chastising the military. I mean, and people are talking about the military, but the reality is, how good are the military being treated when they come back after doing their tours? Are they really being treated that good? Are they really being treated well? So I, I think 
whether you hate it or love it, the man, as far as I'm concerned, laid it all in the line. And I can't rip that. I, 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 love, I love it. I congratulate it. I support it. And so as far as I'm concerned, now what's next? I mean, you sat down. What are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? You sat down, and he says he has some things coming. I wonder what that's going to look like. I wonder what the next step is for Colin Kaepernick. Is it mentorship? Is it is it creating programs for for disadvantaged youth, for for individuals coming out of prison? I mean, what is he going to do next? What's next for Colin Kaepernick? I I know this. Tonight he plays in San Diego, a, a big time military town. So you wonder now what the backlash is going to be. What 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 is he going to get? Are we going to have people on the stands sitting down? I mean, are, are people on the stands going to going to do a Colin Kaepernick and sit down? Are, are they going to sit down? Are, are they going to do the same thing? Sit down just like Colin Kaepernick, and and will it cause? Because I think this is a possibility. Will it cause fights in stand in the stands? I mean, you know, players. I mean, fans deciding to sit down. Will other fans, you know, take umbrage to it? Will other fans be angry about it? Will other fans, um, you know, will cause fights? And, and I think that's a possibility. I really do. I think that could be a possibility. Now, Colin Kaepernick, again, He's playing in a fourth preseason game. That's never good. That 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 fourth preseason game is for the guys, you know, the the, the back half of that roster, those fighting for a roster spot, the, the the back half of the roster. That is not for guys who are entrenched. That is not for guys who who are, who are expected to be starters or or expected to 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 contribute big time for your football team. Those guys don't play in the fourth preseason game. So, obviously, it's not a game you really want to play in if you're Colin Kaepernick. Because, again, if you're playing in this game, that means that you're, well, you're not really thought of as high as maybe the starting quarterback, Blaine Gabbard. I mean, that's the reality of the situation. He's a backup. And you wonder what the 49ers are going to do. Are they going to keep him? I mean, at the end of the day, he is guaranteed twelve million dollars. So I think you almost—I I think you almost have to keep him. I think you almost have to keep him, and it, it, it's going to be interesting. But I—I I have to say this: hate it, love it, don't care about it. I think you got to respect it because he risked his career to do something that he believes is honorable, something he believes is right. We're going to bring in a guy now, We're going to, Hall of Famer. We're going to get his take on this whole Colin Kaepernick situation, how he feels about it. Let's bring him in. Hall of Famer, Willie Rowe. Willie. Well, how are you doing? Doing well. 
Well, 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 I mean, what's he, what's he risking, Paul? If he's, uh, if he's, you know, he's putting the team in a bad spot. If he's guaranteed, if he's guaranteed uh, $12 million, then, uh, you know, he, he, he he's in a win-win because if they release him, he still gets paid. So, I mean, yeah, he, he, yeah you want to say risk. This isn't Muhammad Ali. They, 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 we had to walk away from boxing, and they took, they took everything from him, took his title. This isn't Johnny Robinson. This isn't 1950 or 60. You know, I know stuff is happening, and, and, and everything is right with what's going on with the police. But let's talk about how many how many murders we have with the black on black, and then it's, it's 2,000 kids. This year, between 12 and 12 and 17, have been shot or killed, and 37,000 incidents with guns in this country already this year. So, obviously, we have a problem with guns and being in the hands of everybody, uh, including the police. And I think that's more of an issue that we have to deal with the black on black crime. Let's, let's see, let's count how many black on black uh, crimes and murders we have in this country. I, I understand that, and I get that. But here, here's the thing. I mean, let's let's take it. In terms of Muhammad Ali, maybe it's not to that level, but I will say this. He is only 28 years old, sixth season in the NFL. I mean, yes, he's getting $12 million guaranteed. Well, but Paul, he's got $12 million guaranteed. He's made $29 million the last two years. But this year, that's almost $40 million. I think he's he's sitting pretty good. If he doesn't play any more football the last three years, you look at it, he's made, he will have made over $40 million. So, you know, even if he's spent a few million, he's still – you know, should be sitting on over 10 in the bank. So, I mean, I understand what his stance is, but, you know, to, to do it right now when you got $12 million guaranteed, his salary is guaranteed this year. And it ain't like he's making a million dollars. He's making $12 million. That's a lot of money, Paul. So I understand, you know, what, what he's trying to do and what he's saying. I think he made his point. He's got enough attention now. He made his point. I don't think, you know, not standing for the national anthem, is, is is keep doing it. It's going to draw more attention. And you know, right now he has the option. Maybe maybe if he stood up, maybe if he wants to get out of San Francisco, maybe Minnesota, somebody will want to trade for him. So you know, I, you know, if he wants to continue to play football, we see we've been down this road with uh, Chris Jackson when he went Muslim and turned it Abdul and when when he wouldn't stand for the national anthem in Denver. And you remember what happened after that? I mean. Obviously, he was dealing with that Tourette's, but you know, three years after that, he wasn't in the NBA anymore. But that's that's my point. The reality, he's taking a big chance. I mean, I know he get twelve million guaranteed. I know he's made a bunch of money, but at the end of the day, he could still make more money. So by risking this and putting himself on the line here, I think I think it's commendable as far as I'm concerned because. Whether you hate it or, or or disagree with it or or love it, I think him putting himself out there when you don't have to put yourself out there is admirable. I mean, this is twenty eight years old. Well, prime his career. Well, Paul, but just look at the numbers. He hadn't played well this last couple of years. So outside of that, I mean, I, I know the line and they had injuries and we went through some turmoil last year with the coach and everything. But kind of hasn't been playing that well the last couple of years. So. You know, he's not going to get paid or maybe, you know, the salary is going to go down a lot of this year anyway because this is the last year. If you look at the contract, they're the guaranteed money. But the fact of the matter is he hadn't been very productive as the quarterback last year. He was hurt from. So he's got to keep playing well to stay in the league. And I think he'll get another opportunity to be a backup. But if he doesn't play well, he's not going to be making that kind of money after this year. Period. That is, that is true. But let me ask you this. Let's say he doesn't play well this year. 
let's just say Gabbard gets hurt, Colin Kaepernick steps in, doesn't play well, plays okay. I mean, his chances of getting that second opportunity may not be because of him standing, excuse me, him sitting down during the national anthem. So, I mean, he's risking his career. He's putting his career on the line. You are exactly right. But if he produces and he plays well, he'll have a job in NFL. It's about production. If he doesn't produce, then he won't have a job in NFL. But he's going—he's making it a little harder for himself because, you know, who owns NFL? Who runs this? The league. And the, uh, last time I checked, there's not a lot of black owners in this league. So, um, you know, I understand what he, what he did, but, but let's go further. We could, I was looking at Nightline last night, and they have a program they're doing in uh, in Richmond, uh, California, where they're paying these kids. They're paying these kids, you know, three, between three hundred a month or a thousand dollars a month for them not to be shooting each other. And what they do, they're teaming them up and putting them on trips with each other, guys from across town that are in the same environment. The problem, Paul, is you have these kids that are that are raising themselves because their moms and dads aren't there. So that they have nobody to depend on. They're raising themselves. And for a reputation, guys in the streets, how do they get a reputation for being? They do the biggest and baddest. So they're shooting each other to get a rep. And then when the guys get scared of them, they're going to pull and just shoot these guys you know, I try to sue them because they know what their reputation is. And these guys are in neighborhoods around each other and, and they're going up around each other and they're, go, they're going through the same struggles and they don't even understand that. So when they have an opportunity, if they make it to a certain age to figure this out, it's a lot too late. That's why they die so young because they don't make it to the point where they can figure it out. And then, so this program is trying to get these guys together and talk to each other so they understand each other. And then, and then, and then they, they they see that they're both in the same struggle. They're in the same struggle. And the problem with this, follow you go back generations, and then great great grandfathers were working together, and now you got these kids out here shooting each other, and they're making me see them. Wait, here's the thing. I think if we want to look at social, I think a big part of that is the reality. I think we have to talk about mass incarceration. I mean, you got a lot of individuals in in jail who tend to be African-American, tend to be Latino, and, and some of those things are drug crimes and the war on drugs, and that's a whole nother issue. But, I mean, I, I, I agree. At some point, we got to talk about the next step and whatever that next step may be for Colin yeah, what, can do, what, can, what, can, what can you do to tell somebody that doesn't have a pass, he's 12, 13, he's on the streets, he's hustling, trying to make it, and trying to uh, eat, eat every day. How do you go to that kid and, and explain it to him? And he don't have, you know, he's trying to have a roof over his head. He's just trying to live day to day. I mean, how do you explain it and break it down to these individuals that are going through these situations? That's what, that's the core of the problem. Now, they can have mentors, but, you know, who's going to be his mentor? You know, so, you know, devising a program where you can try to educate them and then try to bring them in and show them something like they took those kids to New York and showed them New York and let them see something in life. And then they're like, well, hold on, this isn't so bad. And maybe I don't want to be out here in the street shooting each other and doing this. And I have another alternative. You got to give these kids another alternative. So that's where the problem lies. How are we going to figure out a way to give these other kids alternative and give them jobs 
so they have something to do, and then realize that life is more precious than than me worried about being killed tomorrow, which they, which they don't think they're going to live past 20 anyway. So they have to have alternatives where they think they have a goal or something to look forward to in the future. And that's where we have to figure that out. What are we going to help these kids look forward to in the future where they don't care, just care about life and they don't care about life at all? Because a lot of them are rather be in jail anywhere and be gone because they're, they're struggling day to day. And that's where the issue lies. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rove. And I think, again, maybe Colin Kaepernick, maybe what's next is mentorship. Maybe what's next is helping individuals transition from prison into the real world. I mean, maybe it's some of those things that he has in store out there to help solve the problems, help fix the problems that plague young African-Americans, young Latinos out there here in the United States. But let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So, in your opinion, you don't think Colin Kaepernick has committed career suicide? No, I think this. I think once the season starts and and and, and we and when we get past this, if he starts standing up, then I think he'll be fine. You know, but if he continues to sit down, yes. But if if he gets if he gets, thinks he's got his point across and he starts standing up for the national anthem in a couple of weeks, when the season starts, I think we'll get past this. So as far as you're concerned, he sat down once. At this point, he's got the attention that he needs. You think he should stand up at this point? I think he can. The way people talk about it, obviously he got his point across. Now what are we going to do next? It's like now people with the Dwayne Wade situation, he goes to uh, goes to uh, you know, goes back to Chicago and they have that big old conference in Chicago on ESPN and stuff. And then the next thing you know, his cousin gets shot. And then everybody's talking about Dwayne Wade. Why didn't you buy a car and this and that? You know, I don't know how close it was to his cousin, but now it's like they're blaming Dwayne Wade and be like, well, you're not down here dealing with this every day. And she's going to register her kids from school. And she gets shot and killed, you know, with pushing a stroller. I mean, it's, you know, by two 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 guys shooting at each other. So, I mean, that, that, it's just a, I don't understand. I don't understand, you know, it's just, you got to try to wake people up. and But we got to give them some type of thing to look forward to where they, where they, where they uh, think life is more precious than it is because they don't respect life at all. They don't. I mean, it it, it is unfortunate. I mean, most definitely unfortunate. But I think at the end of the day, to your point, I think it's time to stop the talking and it's time for us to to, to get our hands behind the plow and start pushing it and, and doing stuff. I mean, that's the only way this whole thing can really change. I mean, here's the thing. Let me ask you this. Do you think others will sit down? I mean, there was talk. There was an undrafted rookie free agent in Philly, uh, Mike Tavares who was talking about sitting down. Ultimately, he changed his mind. That was a smart move on his part. But do you think others will start to sit down? What, what do you mean? You really, what, you know, Captain Nick is sitting down with other guys and they can, uh, well, you know, maybe, like, you know. Like other players from other teams. Sit down with who? Just sit down during the national anthem. Oh, so the players are talking about doing it. Well, uh, well, you know, all of my, all of my making, uh, I'm going to have twelve million guaranteed. I don't think they're going to sit down because they don't want to lose their jobs. And and let's say this: 
a lot of guys that that are that are come from a lot tougher situation have been a lot through, you know, not questioning cabinet. We know he has a white mom and a black father. But a lot of these black guys in the league have been through a lot tougher situations that Kaepernick had to grow up and deal with and you don't see them sitting down. And they've been through hell and back some of them growing up. And they and they're standing up for the national anthem because they recognize the opportunity they've had to to get through sports. So what I'm saying to you is that you know, I don't think a lot of guys are going to sit down because they don't want to lose their jobs. And everybody, don't, you know, has made $30 million in the last two years. They're going to make 12 grand team this year. But is it is it is it bigger than than just football? Is, is it bigger than football when you feel like uh, people who look like you are, are being, you know, wrongly persecuted, being oppressed? I mean, is it bigger than football when you feel that way about your people? Well, football is their job, Paul. So if they want to sit down, they're risking their job. If they're guys that are on the bubble, they're not trying to lose their job. So I don't think guys that are going to sacrifice, that are trying to stay in the NFL, they can they can do things in other ways and go back to the community and affect it more so than not standing up for the national anthem. At least if they if they get playing football, they have a platform and they can go talk to these kids and at least you know they can talk talk to them about maybe. Being an athlete, with you know, that, the how hard is it going? Only two percent, or whatever, make it to the pros. One percent, whatever it is, and, and 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 that's not. But at least get back and communicate with them in these communities and talk to them and try to get try to get through to some of them. So you know, at least they have a platform. But I don't think you're going to see a lot of guys sitting down because they're not trying to lose their job. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rowe. So now we're at this point. Kaepernick sits. And now we're past it at this point. We're moving forward. If if we look at this whole situation, I mean, we, you don't think you don't think anybody else is is gonna is gonna champion this cause. You don't think another player is gonna step up. Have you ever said that word? Uh, I haven't heard no. anybody say it. Up. I don't Just think one. they are. I don't think they're more risk uh-huh. So, how if, if you were in the same locker room with Colin Kaepernick on the same team at this point in time, what would you be your reaction to this? Because this is the, this could be a big time distraction to the team. Well, you know, I, I, I mean, my thing is this: I feel a little sorry for Chip Kelly. I mean, he just took over that job, and he's trying to establish himself. He had a tough time when he was in uh, Philly and things didn't go the way he was. So, you know, the coaching staff and the, the, the management, you know, he's putting other people in a, in a, in a tough situation because, you know, if they would, they could tell him that they want to tell him he needs to stand for the national anthem. But they understand and, and the climate of the country right now. So it's a delicate role because you don't want to just go and alienate him and just, uh, you know, talk, be negative. But, you know, it's, it's like a, it's like a, uh, it's, it's 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 a tough situation. So, yeah, I mean, I would just say, you know, uh, you know, you made your point, and maybe you know, we need to figure out what we can do in the future, you know, to 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 because people see him and they can identify him now to to do it in another way. But when the football season starts, I don't want a distraction away from the team and what we're trying to do on the field. So that 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 would be my point is. You know, I want the preseason to know where it's time to play football. And we got to worry about getting out here and playing. And, and so we don't want to distract them when we try to get ready to play football every Sunday. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Rowe. 
do you expect Colin Kaepernick ultimately to play for the 49ers this whole season? The only way he won't be on the 49ers team is if he gets traded. And I don't know if uh, Minnesota's a real liberal city and what happened with uh what happened with uh what 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 happened with uh uh, uh Bridgewater was real real sad and uh uh, you know, maybe Minnesota could be a spot for him to get traded to. And uh, I think Kaepernick still has the ability. I think he's still be a real good quarterback uh, in the right system. So uh, Minnesota might not be a bad spot for him to go to in this situation and uh, see what he can do if they decide to trade him. And it should be real interesting to see how that whole situation, you know, works out there moving forward with Colin Kaepernick and the San Francisco 49ers. You, you talked about Teddy Bridgewater, obviously, tore his knee, ACL, dislocated his kneecap. I mean, you never had a serious injury like that. But, you know, being a football player and playing this game, how do you react when you see a guy like Bridgewater, young guy like that, have that type of injury? Well, you know, I did have ACL meniscus before I went to Kansas City, so I did have major knee surgery, but not everything. I don't know how to the severity of it, but the good thing is he's a quarterback. Uh, you know, I don't know if he'll be ready by the beginning of next year. When you dislocate your kneecap, you tear the ligaments up other than ACL. So that's what makes that more serious. I had ACL and was tearing my cartilage and my meniscus, but I didn't tear everything up. So his rehab is going to be a little longer. But the good thing is it's the very beginning of the season. The season hasn't started, so he has the full season and off-season to recover. So I think it's a good chance that he'll be ready to play next year. Maybe he can bulk up. He's, he's very thin, so maybe he can bulk up and put on a little more weight. Because the thing that scares me about his injury was he dropped back and planted and nobody touched him. So that tells me it was already something that was torn in that knee prior and it finally gave out on him. I, I'm, you know, if you drop back and you, you buckle and you just, your knee finally tears, tears then it, it sounds like to me that there was something else going on in that knee when he dropped back. It was already something hurt. So let, let's switch gears now. Let's, let's go to the NBA real quick before we get out of here. You're a big time LeBron guy. LeBron won it again after being down 3-1. How happy were you for LeBron? Very happy. I was very happy with the Cleveland. I was more happy for the city of Cleveland. They won that championship. And, uh, and uh, you know, to come back from 3-1 and nobody had done it, he did, did something first in NBA history. And, and uh, you know, him getting that was a big Big win for the city, and, and that was big to go on LeBron's resume to put in these. I think he's in the top ten, you know, and I think there's a good chance he could end up maybe in the top five all time. So, you know, he's on his way, and if he gets another win or two and gets, you know, uh, if he gets four or five, I think you have to put him in the top five all time. Can he surpass Michael Jordan? I don't know if you can do that. You know, just, uh, you know, six and not getting beat in and leaving and coming back. And uh, Michael, you know, if he would have to, to surprise Michael Jordan, he would have to win the title at least six times or more. And, and you know, the, the crazy thing is well, he's been to the final one, you know, five, six times in a row already. So, um, but he had more, he, he won out when the Cleveland. That, that counts for maybe another one, but I, I don't I don't think he can surpass him. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough to surpass Michael Jordan. But I will say this. If he gets five championships, I think he can make a great case 
in terms of him being better than Jordan. If he can get five, especially what? So at this point, seven finals appearances. So if he can get five, that's two more titles. That's at least nine NBA finals appearances. I mean, that might be enough to put him over the top. You can put him in the conversation, but when you go six for six and you walked away for a year and a half, we don't know how many Jordan would have. He might have had eight or seven, whatever. So we don't know how many he would have had. So, um, you know, and the, and the fact that where I was doing, when he was 40 years old, was he averaging 20 points? I mean, he was still playing good basketball. And when he was, you know, playing for the Wizards, he was still playing good basketball. So we'll see. He has time to go, but, uh, Right now he's uh he's uh he's 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 moving up the ladder, you know. I think uh he's you know, right there in the argument with, with, with ahead of Bird, so I, I don't I, you know, I, you know, you still can't put him ahead of Magic and and uh and uh Kareem and, and Jordan, you know, so he you know, he's 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 pushing on up the ladder though. Before we get out of here, let me let me ask you one more cap in there question. There was a quote, an anonymous quote by an NFL executive who said that the collective dislike for a player, uh, for Colin Kaepernick, is it, similar to what he saw with Ray Carruth. What's your thoughts when you hear something like that? That's totally wrong. It's totally inappropriate. Kaepernick had, you know, the man murdered the mother of his kid and, the kid has, you know, cerebral palsy or whatever. That, 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 that that's a sickening statement. I, I don't agree with that. And I think that, uh, I think that uh, Kaepernick can bounce back from this. And uh, everybody understands the climate of the country. And uh, you know, we gotta do things better. You know, but uh, it's still the greatest country, and we gotta support it. But I mean, I don't, I don't agree with that statement at all. But that's what you're dealing with because that's, that's most of the majority of the people that run the NFL. So. That tells you everything you need to know right there. That 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 is very true. And here's the thing I look at it. At the end of the day, America's a great country, it's a beautiful country, but it has its problems, it has its issues. And I think Colin Kaepernick has brought attention to some of the problems, some of the issues with America. And at the end of the day, I don't think it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but I think he made his point. And it's time for him to play football. If he wants to stay in the National Football League, then sooner than later, he needs to stand up for the National Anthem and then get past it if he wants to stay in the NFL. I think you're right at some point. If he wants to stay in the NFL, yes. And, I, and I, I'm almost, almost, almost tempted to agree with you in terms of the point has been made on some level. So maybe it's time to, you know, sit down. You, you brought attention to the issue. And now maybe you can, you know, come up with situate plans and, and well, put things exactly. together. You want to travel around the country and go to these communities and talk to these kids and go in there and talk to the other. No, you want to talk to the police. The police have to, you're not going to use, the police have to address this issue themselves, you know, with, with the gun and, and tasing people more than shooting people and, and, and and not just reaching for the gun, reaching for the taser, but you know, but you know, and then brothers, we have to understand when they pull you over, put your hand on the stand wheel, and don't move until you, till they tell you to move, do not move. But other than that, if you want to go, the real issue is going in these communities, getting to these young kids, 
when they're young, 12, 13, and, and before they get these guns in their hand and, and getting it in before they start killing people uh, and not giving any regards to anybody's life. That's the key. Can we get to them? That's more important than, uh, than some of the other issues. And that could be next. We'll see what, what, what Kaepernick has in store. He says he has some things in store. So we'll see exactly what he has in store. Willie, it was a pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. We're looking forward to the season. For sure. Hall of Famer, Willie Rove. Great talking football. Kaepernick wasn't really football. It's all pretty much Kaepernick stuff. But it was a pleasure talking to him. And, I mean, I'm almost kind of tempted to agree with him from the standpoint, like, now you might be taking attention away from your own message. I mean, you brought attention to the message. Now it's time for action. Now maybe you feel like you need to do it a couple more times. But he says he's going to do it until this whole thing changes. And America, I don't think racism is going to change in America. And I think that's just the reality of the situation. And I don't... So if if you want to look at it from that standpoint, Cap's going to be standing forever. So... I think at this point, maybe do it a few more times. Maybe. And then from there, you figure it out solutions moving forward to make this thing right and, and, and make the thing better in America. Because, But I think at the end of the day, we need guys like Colin Kaepernick who's going to stand up and stand out and do what he has to do to make America great. Make America better, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. I want to go back to that comment. Michael, Mike Freeman, Bleacher Report, spoke to seven anonymous NFL executives. And, you know, you're getting different things. One said, quote, I don't want him anywhere near my team. He's a traitor. Another one said he has no respect for our country. Bleep that guy. You know, seven of those execs said he believes Kaepernick will never play in the NFL again if the if and when the 49ers cut the 20-year-old. Um, so, and that same executive said he cannot remember this much collective dislike for a player since Ray Carruth. That's stupid. That's silly. Come on. For him to make those comments, that executive, that unnamed executive, whoever that unnamed executive is needs to to unmask himself and say who he is and, and, and stand by his comments if that's what, exactly what he believes. Because this is stupid. This is silly. This is ridiculous. Come on. This is not even close. Ray Carruth killed somebody. And... And messed the life up. I don't want to say messed the life up because that kid is very inspirational. But he hurt and affected the life of that kid. He changed a bunch of lives on that one day. So to compare that, to to say, can't remember the collective dislike for for the dislike to be that bad. And and to compare that dislike to Ray Carruth and to say he hasn't seen this type of dislike since Ray Carruth is crazy. I don't know how anybody, anyone, can, can sit there and listen to that and not call that ridiculous. 
whoever that executive is, needs to be called out. Unmask yourself. And with that executive saying that, he's obviously talked to other executives. So that executive, the way he feels, is probably similar to the way that others in the National Football League feel. Talking about he's a traitor. This is why soldiers fight for guys to express themselves. Hate it, love it, don't care. This is America. He was peaceful about his protests. But I think I do agree with Willie Ruff. I think maybe, maybe one, two other times, the attention has been gathered. You got that all together. Now it's time to, to move forward and, and champion your cause. Time to. But I will say this. Colin Kaepernick, Colin Kaepernick now, obviously he's he's affected his NFL career. He most definitely has affected his NFL career. I mean, his NFL career at this point in time, unless he, like, balls out, it'll be over. And to me, he laid it on the line. He laid it on the line. Laid it on the line. So we'll see what that Boomer science. He also had some interesting things to say about Colin Kaepernick. He said, quote, I can't say it in the strongest, most direct way. That it's an embarrassment and it's an about it's about as disrespectful as any athlete has ever been. Does he realize that there's been murderers in the NFL? Does does he realize that we've had guys in the NFL beat wives, their wives beat women? Does he realize that? He went on to say, I don't care what the cause is. The NFL football field is not a place for somebody to further their political ambitions. Can you imagine if a player went out on the field with a Make America Great Again hat and let, let's let vote for Trump? It's the same thing. Those are the words of Boomer Esiason. Woo! People just say the dumbest things. People just say the dumbest things. But it's just, you know... Stop it. Stop it, Boomer. You're, you sound ridiculous. You, you just you just sound ridiculous. But we'll see. I mean, obviously, you're going to get comments like this. You're, you're going to get comments like this from guys. That's just the reality of the situation. But, I mean, what are you going to do? We're, we're going to switch gears now. We got a big fight. Well, there's a big fight coming up. PBC. On NBC, Sportsnet, big fight coming up. Well, big fight card coming up Saturday out there in San Antonio. We're about to bring the guy who's going to be a part of that call that card. We talked to him yesterday, and we're going to bring him in now. We're about to bring in a guy now. Got a big fight coming up Saturday night on PBC, PBC on NBC Sportsnet. 
Big fight for this guy. He's an undefeated fighter in the junior welterweight division. And he's fighting Saturday night in San Antonio. Let's bring him in now. Junior welterweight contender, Darwin Price. Darwin, how are you, man? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Darwin, this is your second time on national TV. The first time around, you said you were too tight. How confident are you that that won't happen this time around, that you won't be tight? I'm very confident. I'm very confident. I feel like I'm going to go in and do what I need to do and execute the game plan, execute the opportunity. Uh, this isn't new to me, so I'm ready. I'm ready. Now, your opponent, Javante Starks, 13-1. He stopped the last four fighters he's faced. Competition not great, but he did stop them. What do you feel like you need to take away from Starks in order for you to win this fight? Go out there, be smart, outwork him, outthink him. Um, just uh, bring the pressure to him, you know? For pressure sure, for fight. sure. Is that the game plan? The game plan is just go out there and be smart, man. Fill him out. You never know how he's going to come at me. So I'm going to go out there and I'm going to box him and I'm going to fill him out. Now, this is your 14th pro fight. Where do you feel like you are in your development at this point in your career? Uh, I feel like I have a lot of improvement to do. Whether or not I'll be 20 and 0, 1 and 0. It's always things you can learn in the sport or in, in life, period, you know, when it comes to uh, trying to protect your craft. And nobody's perfect, so I always, I'm, I'm my biggest critic, you know. I'm my big, biggest critic, so um, it's always holes in my gap. I'm always trying to, like I said, protect my craft and feel the holes in my gap. Now, you're fighting at 140. This fight is being fought at 142. Are you going to stay at 140, or is the next step 147? Eventually, I'll move up to 147 after I win the belt at 140. Or I may move down to 135 and try to win the belt at 135. You know, I'm not okay. sure yet. So at this point, you're thinking possibly stay at 140, get a belt, or even possibly 135 and get a belt? Yes, sir. Where do you feel like is your best weight at this point of your career? Is it 140? Is it 135? Wherever I want it to be. I do the work. I put in the work. Wherever I fight it, I'm going to do good. It doesn't matter. Okay, let, let me ask you this now. You signed with powerful, the powerful Al Heyman. Talk about what that move meant for your career. Oh, man, signing with Al Heyman was truly a blessing. Truly a big come up in my, in my career. Uh, great guy, man, great manager. Opening up the doors big time for boxing and giving us big time exposure, man. Great guy. Um, I'm just thankful, thankful that I with him. I'm with him because there's a lot of people out here that uh, wish they were with him. So uh, it's, it's a good opportunity to be with him and Ronnie Shields, the world fame Ronnie Shields at the same time, uh, Hall of Fame and Coach Ronnie Shields. And uh, with Plex, Danny Arnold, just a, I have a great team, man, a great, a great opportunity, like I said. Obviously, you got with Ronnie Shields. Talk about what that did for your development as a fighter. Um, he's teaching me a lot, man. Uh, he's teaching me to be a little bit more patient. He's teaching me uh, things, things that I didn't know um, uh, when I was pro with, other, with another team. Uh, he's, he's really helping me uh, build myself, man. Teaching me how to be humble and also build me as a person, man. Just uh, build my characteristics, too. And, uh, he's getting me uh, more in shape, man, more, more in boxing shape than ever. So uh, he's a great coach, man. So you're down there in Houston there with Laura, down there with Charlo. Talk about being in the same camp with those guys. Oh, man. It's definitely inspirational. I can tell you that. It's inspiration to be around a champion like Jamal Charlo 
um, people like uh, Arthur Spilka, Evan Rodriguez. It makes me go hard in the gym because I look at them and I try. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at them as a, as a goal to reach the level that they've reached. So uh, I definitely push myself and watching them, it pushes me even more. And then sometimes they even stop and they give me advice and they tell me things and I, I take that advice to heart, man. And I, and I use that advice. I, I've utilized that advice and that motivation. So I feel like I can be where they are one day. We're talking to junior welterweight contender Darwin Price. And, and Darwin, how close are you to a championship fight? How, how many fights away are you from a championship fight? You never know. Uh, my next fight could be for a bill. The fight after that could be for a bill. Uh, I really don't know, to be honest, but whenever they present it to me, I'm ready. I'm 27, man. You know what I mean? Uh, my, my slow route, uh, taking a slow route is kind of over, man, so... Whoever they present to me, man, as long as the money is right, I'm ready, man. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whoever at 140, and um, I'm ready. All right, let's get it, man. Pay the price. <laughs> and you're looking to pay the price Saturday there, PBC on NBC Sportsnet, Saturday, September 3rd. And let me ask you this now. You graduated from Grambling State with honors. Guys like you usually don't box. How did boxing happen for you? Uh, I- I've been boxing since I've been 15, man. Uh, I went off to college. Uh, college and education is a great thing to have behind you as a person in this world. Uh, education is always a plus. But as we know, uh, entertainment, uh, sports, everything, man, uh, that's what the world uh, revolves around, man. Entertainment, sports, sports and connections, man. Just uh, It was great to go get a degree. But um, I feel like why not utilize the talent that God blessed me with to make uh, unbelievable money that I never thought I'd see you know, growing up as a kid, man, and it was like uh, I either um, I either take this uh, opportunity wise there or I either go work a nine-to-five. I mean, to me, it was like go ahead and utilize your talent while you're young and while you can, and that degree, I will always have that. So, I mean, there you go. I'm taking this opportunity, and I'm running with it. And you're running with it, and you ran track in college. You know, you were a distance runner. Talk about how your track experience helps you in the ring. Um, my track experience carried over into boxing because I'm always used to running, man. I was a cross-country runner. I ran uh, miles, man. Sometimes I would run. At, it was one point in my career I was running 70 miles a week. You know what I mean? So uh, wow. that that truly helped me. You know what I mean? That that built my endurance for for a life for for, for a lifetime. To be honest, you know what I mean? It gave me. Uh, I stayed active. I never really gave up on running. I still run. Uh, you know, often. And uh, like I said, it really it really gave me strong lungs, man. The road open to the boxing, to my boxing career. Uh, helps me feel a lot stronger, man, a lot more healthier. And uh, I'm able to go out and run at any time I want without even thinking twice. About For sure. Now, you have a, a friendship with Clarissa Shields. We all know her as the gold medal winner in boxing, female boxing. I mean, how excited are you for her? Um, actually, we, we don't really have a like a big friendship. I'm just okay. familiar with who she is because I fought at tournaments she's been at. She's a great person. I've, I've met her a couple times. I'm pretty sure if she sees me, she'll know my face and know who I am. But um, I always, uh, every time I see her, I always uh, talk to her and, um, you know, we speak a little. And uh, like I said, she's a good person, man, a uh, very humble young lady. Um, definitely historic, you know what I mean? Um, it's just, uh, like I said, it's an honor to uh, be around people like that, man. Talk about what you bring to the table as a fighter. What type of fighter are you for those who have not seen you? I'm a fighter that's coming to work, man. I'm a fighter that's always coming in shape. I'm a fighter that you can never doubt and that you can never 
take uh take as a joke, man. I'm coming to fight, and every time you come fight me, just know it's gonna be a war and it's gonna be a good show to everybody, most definitely. Is there a fighter out there that we can compare you to? Uh, there's no other draw one price out here. That's not me being cocky or nothing, but I feel like it's only one draw one price. Draw one pay the price, and um, and I'm 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 waiting. I'm ready for the world to find out who I am. And the world may find out this Saturday, PBC on NBC Sportsnet, Saturday, September 3rd, out there in San Antonio. Make sure you check it out, 8 o'clock Eastern Time on NBC Sportsnet. Darwin, end of the day, what's going to happen on September 3rd in San Antonio? Somebody's about to pay the price. Do you have a round? Um, who knows? Uh, I could take them out in the first, the fourth. Okay. The eight, who knows? Uh, I just, however I'm feeling, it's, it's, it's just how I'm feeling. So it could, could end in the first, could end in the fourth, could even end in the eighth. Could even end by decision, you know, however I'm feeling. But I know somebody's going to pay the price. And we'll see again. PBC on NBC Sportsnet. Make sure you check it out this Saturday, September 3rd. It starts at 8 o'clock Eastern Time out there in San Antonio. Hit this man up on Twitter, at Darwin Price Jr., Instagram, Darwin Price Jr., and support all the great things going on with Darwin Pay the Price. Darwin, it was a pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the Thank best you, of luck on Saturday. Let's do it again. Thank you so much. Darwin Price. Big fight coming up. Saturday, PBC, NBC, on NBC Sportsnet. So we'll see uh, Darwin continues to continue his undefeated ways. See if he can keep that up. And if he can keep that up, maybe a championship fight could be in his future. We'll see. But big fight there on Saturday. Let's go to Teddy Bridgewater now. I mean, sad. I mean, to sustain a season-ending knee injury, untouched, non-contact drill, during practice, during preseason, to me it's like, wow, that's got to be devastating. You work your whole year your whole off-season, whole off-season to get your body right, get your mind right, and be prepared to go out and ball out. Many expected Teddy Bridgewater in the Minnesota Vikings to have a big-time season. He's 23 years old. Fortunately for him, there was no nerve damage, and that would have been, that would have been obviously possibly the end of his career. But this is a guy now – Teddy Bridgewater with, you know, at this point in the season, well, obviously not this point in the season. Season hasn't started, but the preseason. With, with him now being out, that changes things for the Minnesota Vikings. Because the Minnesota Vikings, to many, had a good shot to be a Super Bowl caliber football team. Uh, uh, definitely a team that was going to be a playoff team. Many thought this team would take that next step. Got to the playoffs last year against the Seattle Seahawks. Should have won that game. Blair Walsh 
pushes a what, 20-something-yard field goal, they lose in the playoffs to the Seattle Seahawks, a game they should have won. But you, you look at the Vikings, and the thought is they were making that next step. They were progressing and progressing and progressing and progressing and slowly moving up, ready to take that next step. And that next step seemingly was a, a playoff victory, maybe in a division, you know, uh, maybe in a, a division title. But they were prepared to make that next step, seemingly. But now you've got a guy in Teddy Bridgewater going for the year, a, a guy in Teddy Bridgewater who many expected big, thing, big things out of. And those big things at least won't be happening in 2016. It won't be happening in 2016. They won a division last year, excuse me, but many expected them to take that next step, maybe get a bye, you know, get that second seed in the NFC or that first seed in the NFC and get that bye. That's what many expected from this ball club. Well, that's probably not going to happen now. And at this point in time, looks like their quarterback is going to be Sean Hill. Now we'll see what they do. Josh McCown is out there. Maybe, you know, they're willing to give something up to the Browns. Um, you got Mark Sanchez that might be out there. And he might get cut. So, you know, that's a possibility as well. Um, so, Colin Kaepernick. Um, he's also a guy that might be might fit the bill. Maybe a change of scenery for Colin Kaepernick, but uh, you know, based off of what these league executives are saying, I don't know how that's going to work either. So that's another thing. I mean, Nick Foles is out there. And maybe Nick Foles is a guy you trade for. And maybe you bring him into the fold. Geno Smith is another guy out there in New York with the Jets. Jets got a whole bunch of quarterbacks there. Petty and 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 uh, Hackenberg. And then Fitz, obviously Fitzpatrick is there. So that might be something they look into. I'm interested to see what route they take. Because the reality of the situation is this is a team that could compete possibly for a title with a healthy, healthy Teddy Bridgewater. But obviously Bridgewater ain't there. So they got to come up with the next best solution. To me, I think if you feel like your team is, is, is close enough to a title, I mean, I for me, I'm taking a chance of maybe – looking at a Nick Foles, maybe even a Colin Kaepernick. I mean, that that's what I might be looking at. I, that's the chance I might take. Even Mike Lennon out there in, in Tampa Bay, who showed some flashes. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I can't stay pat with Sean Hill as my starting quarterback. I, I don't think that's going to get you anywhere. I mean, it might get you a couple victories here or there, but I don't, it, I don't think that's going to get you to the playoffs. Unless Sean Hill is is big time, unless that defense is super big time, I don't think it's going to work. Unless Sean Hill is going to be a game manager and manage the game effectively, and then with him managing that game effectively, you have a defense that can kind of uh, 
you know, overcome those shortcomings on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, that's going to be interesting. And we'll see how that whole thing works out. It's interesting, man. That's going to be interesting to see what the Vikings do. But they're going to do something. They cannot. They cannot go into the year with Jess. I mean, you, you can't go into the year with Jess. Sean Hill is your quarterback. I was going to pick up somebody else. It's just a matter of what veteran they're going to pick up. Should be interesting to see what the Minnesota Vikings do. But this is a team, obviously, they, they shut down practice after that. So the, the, obviously everybody was devastated. The helmets were thrown, guys mad, slamming things, frustrated. Because they knew their season possibly, well, the promise of this season, the, the Super Bowl aspirations probably is done. Unless a Kurt Warner type player walks through that door. Last half hour, go for it, starts now. Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man, Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! Thank you, sir. You got it, brother. Have a go, man. Thank you, Corey Live. Second hour of Go For It starting right now. Talking sports, having fun. Doing it! Got another guy coming in this last half hour, Tyrone Carter, former Steeler, former Viking, uh, former Jet. This guy played 10 years in the league, won two Super Bowls, so he's had a, a, a good career. And we're, we're going to get his take on Colin Kaepernick, how he feels about the whole situation. And also, also, we're going to get his thoughts on – he's out there in Minnesota – so he's going to get get his thoughts on what's next for the Minnesota Vikings. Can they come back from this? Can they still go where many thought they could go? Could they still get back to the playoffs and maybe beyond? That will be very interesting to see. I mean, it, it's going to be difficult. It, it's going to be very difficult. For for this ball club, the the Minnesota Vikings, to make it to the playoffs after this, depending on the quarterback, and also depends on, you know, the play of everybody else. I mean, you got a running game, and a running game can protect a lot of things, a lot of things. So maybe, maybe that running game can protect the quarterback play out there. In Minnesota, maybe. And that's a big maybe, I tell you. I have my doubts. I really do. I have my doubts about the whole situation. But 
it, it, that's got to be tough. If, if you're you're a Vikings fan, I mean, you were probably just you just just throwing it off, throwing up in your mouth, and and all these other things. I mean, it's just the the words, the the anger that you probably had after that it was was probably big time. And to me, it was similar to what happened with the Philadelphia Eagles back in 1991. From the standpoint, a ball club that many protect projected to take that next step. Many thought this was a team that possibly had Super Bowl aspirations. They had that big-time defense, too. And that big-time defense did everything in its power to get the Philadelphia Eagles to the playoffs. But when you have Jim McMahon, Brad Gable, and all these different quarterbacks, Jeff Kemp, all these different quarterbacks coming in and out of your lineup, it's very difficult to win football games. Same situation here. We don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. Whether it's Sean Hill, whether it's somebody that's not in their roster right now, is it Michael Vick, uh, uh, Mike Glennon, Nick Foles, Mark Sanchez? Who knows? But this is a team, obviously, that needs a quarterback. And we'll see what that quarterback and who that quarterback is going to be. Let's bring him in now. Two-time Super Bowl champion, former NFL safety, Tyrone Carter. Tyrone, how are you, man? How you doing, man? Pretty good, man. Just finishing up uh, giving Wyzetta High School a good pep talk before they start their season off tomorrow. So hopefully that pep talk will lead to some great things with that football team moving forward. Well, that's one thing. That's a step. You know, talk is one thing. You got to go out there and prove it. So I'm a firm believer in that. So I gave them all the things that, you know, that got me where I was at, where I'm at today. And hope they can really – See what's the meaning they control their destiny so that's what it's all about these days for sure let me let me ask you this now we have the whole situation with colin kaepernick he decided to take a seat during the national anthem what were your initial thoughts when you saw that well my, my initial thoughts when i saw it you know i never judge a person because everybody's different everybody got different beliefs uh i looked at what he was protesting for, what he was doing it for. And what his issues he was raising was right in my eyes. That's what's going on. The funny thing I looked at it is this. When you drafted and you're in the, the team you playing, you're in that state, you're part of that community. And we goes out each and Tuesdays and get, in, get involved in the community and try to change what's going on around the world today because we look at it as a sports figure, but we got a voice. And when you see that going on, you're still human. It's hurtful to a lot of people. So him making that stand, it needs to be heard. Need to have something to be looked into and really think about that. Because look at this world that's going on today. It's a lot of stuff. But, you know, if you was to ask me what I would have did that, that's not me. I only could go on what this kid did. The issue he raised, it wasn't nothing wrong about those issues. That was we need to address those. So he was standing for something that he believed in. And I understood that. And I'm behind him on that. Now, you said, would you have done it? Would you have done it this way? Would I have done it the way he did it? Yes. Not standing up for the national anthem? No, I wouldn't have did that. I wouldn't have did that. I was using my plateau in a different realm. Talk about it more. I didn't have to do it on the national anthem where, you know, you got a lot of 
people that fought for this country and did a lot of things. And you could be ridiculed, you could be critical for it. But his meaning one the people that fought that gave him that freedom, it, it was about the issues that we're facing in this world today. That's what he was doing it for. And I know people might not say, well, stand up for the national anthem and all that stuff, which is on. But what is the point? The point he's addressing, that's right on it. That's what's going on. There's no fairness. So you got to look at it in that fold. When I looked at it, that's where I looked at it. I didn't look at it by the national anthem. I didn't, I didn't get caught up in that. I didn't. I didn't. So let, me, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If you were a teammate of Colin Kaepernick, would you react differently being that this would be a distraction to your team possibly? I wouldn't, I wouldn't have reacted differently. I wouldn't have. He believed in something. That's what he believed in. He wanted to make his point on that. You can't, nobody can judge when the right time to do something. When you're feeling it, you get that feeling, that's what it is. You think Rosa Parks said today when she woke up that I, I'm not going to sit in the back? It just happened. Things happen. But the thing we need to be talking about, are we going to address those issues? That's the main thing for me. And I'm not a political guy. I don't get caught up in that. But I'm a spiritual guy. I got beliefs and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, what are we going to do to make a difference? No we're going to continue to make it a big class because you said the national anthem. Are we going to try to address those issues? That's the, that's, the, that's the main thing for me. Life goes on. For, we see it. For sure. For sure. We're talking to former NFL safety Tyrone Carter. Has Colin Kaepernick, is this career suicide? You say, what happened? I said, is this career suicide? What he did, could it be career suicide for him? Man, did you hear him talk? He know what he did, what he did, going to take a lot of criticism, and he's prepared for that. Individual is different, like I alluded to earlier. He made that stand, hey, that's something he believes in. He's going to stand on his, he's going to stand for it. He don't care what's going to happen after that. He's not going to care. For sure. So, I mean, obviously, I'm telling you, it's the same. It's, he's the same guy. Three to four years ago, everybody was roofing and raving for him. But the moment he says something political, now everybody's turned their back on him. Very he true. He was saying nothing that wasn't right. That wasn't right, was it? I, I believe it was all right. Was, the issue he raised was right. It's just the timing that he did it. Everybody thinking this. You, you can't put a timing on somebody that's fed up and tired of doing it. He, gotta, he has a voice. He got a voice. It's freedom of speech. He got a voice. He chose to use his voice at that time by not standing. You've been in a lot of locker rooms. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen anything like this? I've never seen nobody not stand up for the national anthem. No, I, I, I didn't. Not like that. Saying it, this what they did. No, I never, I never seen that. But okay. you can know, you can see guys with the national anthem going on. You think they paying attention to it? No. They were about battling. They were about getting ready for this game. They ain't really standing up for the national anthem. They, it's a ritual. Everybody stand up to them. They ready to go to battle. But can I honestly say everybody tuned in and focused on the national anthem? I can't honestly say that. I know guys were just chilling. I know that. <laughs> we're talking to former NFL safety Tyrone Carter so w- with that being said I mean I understand the impact on it in terms of veterans and everything 
But at the end of the day, is it really that big of a deal? Is what the stand, not standing for the, the flag is a big deal? Co- correct. Okay, well, tell me something this. Now, they're making a big deal about he sat down on the national anthem. But don't you know they took that out of school? They took that out of school. So what is that speaking? If you take it out of school, well, you know these kids are brought up to respect it, right? Why would you take it out of school? That don't make any sense because as a Jehovah Witness, they don't get up for the Pledge of Allegiance. They don't stand up for it. No. They won't. I done seen a part. I done been a part of it. I done saw it. So I don't understand why. I know they're making a big deal because they look at it. The, the flag is very important for the United States. And, man, I'm proud to be a part of the United States. I'm proud to be born here in the United States because it gave me a lot of freedom here. I'm, I'm proud of that. I love my country. But it also says united, right? That flag sure. represents u- unity. Is this world unit? United? No. Is they united? Not so at all. His issue he raises, man, while I'm, while I'm doing that, then we not united. Why? So For that's sure. his belief. So I understand what he's doing. I understand it. My thing is now that it's all been all over TV, all over newspapers, all over radio stations. What are we talking about doing something about it, though? The issues he's raising. Are we going to turn the other cheek? Are we going to continue to criminate him because he didn't stand up for the national anthem? When we all know the issue he raised was true. Yeah, I mean, so I, I think at the end of the day, I mean, here's, here's how I look at it. If you look at America, right? I love America. You love America. It's a great country. I love my wife. She's beautiful. She's great. But she got problems, too. And this country has problems, too. So, there, mm-hmm. to me, there's nothing wrong with telling your country, your wife, that sometimes you have some problems that you got to deal with. Exactly. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Oh, uh, guess what? <laughs> it's going to get worse and worse. Exactly. It ain't going to get no better than what we're going to... Man, it's tired of seeing... Lies, bloodshed for wrong reasons, man. I'm tired of seeing that, man. I know he's tired of seeing it. A lot of people are tired of seeing it. But what are we going to do about it? It's the thing. We're gonna, that's what he did. He stood on that, man. He stood up He stood up for that. And that's what something he believes. But a lot of people ain't going to do that because everybody's thinking just like they're doing right now. And in his mind, hey, he don't care. He want to raise the issue. Yeah, we need to look at that. We need to look at that and see how are we united? How are we going around doing that? We need to make sure we're united. We stand strong. Because the more united we are, the better country we're going to be. For sure. The better country we're going to be. We're talking to former NFL safety, Tyrone Carter. Tyrone, I want, I want to switch gears now. You're out there in Minnesota. Teddy Bridgewater tore the ACL, dislocated the kneecap. You, your thoughts on that, man? That's just sad because it seemed like he was poised to have a breakout season. Man, when you play this game of football, especially in the NFL, you already know, in a player's mind, you're one play away from starting, you're one play away from ending your career. With that being said, that's why they give they, they it's the highest level you can be at. And guys give their best. Injury happens. But guess what? Do you, what you think the Minnesota Mike is supposed to do? Throw their season away? It's always the next man up. And when you say united, when one of your brothers go down, 
collectively as a team, we know we all got to do a little more extra now and get through this till he get back in the lineup and get back healthy. That's all a part of living, man. Adversity. Adversity going to strike us. The Kane can't beat us. And we get down on ourselves just because our star player went down. Stuff happened in this game, man. You prepare your butt off to prevent it. But we can't control what happened. What we can control is what we do after that. What we do after that. And I'm quite sure with the Coach Zimmerman over there, ain't no, they ain't going to skip a beat, man. Got a great defense over there. They got agencies that can run the ball. All they're going to do is they're going to get a quarterback. They got the quarterback that they got now. See what he's going to do. Going to give him a shot. If not, they're going to get some more quarterbacks in there to, to help their team out. That's the NFL, man. We all know it happens. I'm, I'm, I'm hurt because the kid is preparing. Yeah. And to have that happen, man, I, my heart, I, I felt this pain, man. I, I felt it. I know what it's like. I've been a part of that. Been a part of that. So I know, man, that's one thing you don't want to happen, man, to get injured like that in, the, in, your, in your season after all the hard work you don't put in thus far. Right. So it, it, it's, it's touching, but as a player, we know. It's a possibility, now for, man. For you, is is there a particular quarterback out there that would do the job for you, in your opinion? I mean, Sean Hill, he's a journeyman. He kind of is what he is. I mean, maybe Geno Smith, maybe my, you can try thing, to trade for him. Maybe even Kaepernick. My thing, my, thing, my thing is this. You have been in camp for all these weeks. The season is right around the corner. Your first impact your first important thing got to be in-house. Guys that don't been there know the system. That won't skip a beat. A new guy you bring in there, got to, he got to learn again. So, with that being said, Sean Hill is a journeyman. Sean Hill has been in a position like this before. He done stepped in and had success. Well, you got to rely on that and see if that's going to work before I bring somebody else in. I'm going to bring somebody else in, groom them. Because we know it's going to take them a while before they grasp that system, depending on where they came, depending on what veteran quarterback it was. You never know. They're going to bring some quarterback in without a doubt. They have to. They have to. For sure. But for now, you got to go with what you got and see what that works to get to where you need to be. That's just my opinion. Is this still a playoff team in your opinion? Man, like, this is a 10 wing season to me. This is still in season to me. To me. I like the defense. Okay. I mean, they got enough defense. They got, they, they, got, they got tools on defense. Tools on defense to win some games. Quarterback, they got a running back that can run the ball. That's time management. Quarterback just got to make sure he just move the change when it's time to throw the ball. I ain't asking you to throw no 30, 30 balls a game. 30, 40 balls a game. I just ask you what I got you to do, make the completion, move the first down. That's it. That's coaching. And the coach Zimmer going to do that. He's going he gonna to orchestrate that. He understands. Because the defense, they got weapons on defense that can turn over the ball, score on defense, and can make some changes. For sure. We're talking to former so NFL why, player Tyron Carter. Go ahead. That's why I like where they at because they defense playing well. And me, being on number one defense in the NFL for years, it carried us. 
And you know defense wins championships. Often wins the games, but defense wins championships. So life after football for you. How's life after football for Tyrone Carter? Well, life after football for me, man, is enjoying life, enjoying my family, and also teaching these young men that they control their destiny, how to maximize their full potential on and off the football field. I'm tired of seeing these young men wasting their life in this world today because they're not maximizing their full potentials, man. They're cutting corners. They're not willing to work hard for it. So what I do is I started a company called CC Elite Training School. That's a year-round program in the state of Minnesota. For the guys that love this game of football, I try to create these kids, using football as a whole, and to create them as great men in the community and in society. Because at the end of the day, they plan for their family, they plan for their community, and they plan for their team. So where can fans find information about some of the great things you're doing? Oh, you go to my website, cceletetrainingschools.com. www.cceletetrainingschools. Or you can go to my social media and see what what I'm doing around here. Uh, My thing is, I want to make sure these kids, the game they try, the, the game of football to me now is getting dimmer and dimmer because they're trying to sugarcoat a contact sport, in my opinion. So I try to teach these kids the game itself, the ins and outs, become a student of the game and prepare themselves and how to prepare for their success. If they see it, believe it, work at it, how you can't do it, how you can't accomplish it. And that's my, that's my three goals of success in life, period. Seeing the possibility. Seeing you out there possibly doing this. Believing it is possible and acting on it daily. If you do that, God's the limit for you. You control your destiny, not what nobody else say. If somebody got, if you worry about what somebody else saying to you, can put a limit on your growth, you're missing the point. Nobody can put a limit on you. You don't want to control it. You can go out there and work each and every day. They ain't gonna heart rate. They ain't gonna check your heart rate. They gonna run no sprints. They ain't gonna do lift no weights. They ain't gonna put in all those extra hours. You got to do it yourself. So if you got to do it yourself, you control your faith. You control your life. You control your circumstances. That's what I try to do, and pass it on to these young men here in the state of Minnesota or around the world, because I get kids from all over. So fans, make sure you go to his website, tcelitetraining.com, and support all the great things going on with Tyrone Carter. Tyrone, man, it was a pleasure talking to you. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. Let's do this again. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Tyrone Carter, former NFL player, Two-time Super Bowl champion with his thoughts. Minnesota Vikings, Colin Kaepernick, and so much more. Okay, we got, we got a few minutes left in the show. I, and I want to I want to talk about this now. I mean, and I'm gonna end it here with this Colin Kaepernick situation. Hate it again, hate it, love it, don't care. I think you gotta give him credit, but I'm I'm gonna say this. I think in our country, this beautiful, great country, a country that I'm proud to be a part of, a country that I love, a a country that gives you freedoms and opportunity that you can't get everywhere. So I love America. America has some problems. And it's just like a relationship with your wife, your husband, whoever. I love my wife. 
but I noticed, I know that, you know, she's not perfect. I love America, but I know America's not perfect. Because I know America's not perfect, because I know my wife's not perfect, there are times where I got to have to tell her, tell America, tell my wife that there's some things that's not right about you. And because there's some things that are not right that are not right about you, I have to address it. I have to tell you about it with the hope that you can become a better person. With the hope that you can become a better country. And this country's great. I mean, we, we hear Donald Trump say, make America great again. America's already been great. It, it's been great. And I don't know when it's been bad. It has its problems, of course, but everybody has problems. Nothing in this world is perfect. No country is perfect. So American can do some things better. And Colin Kaepernick, by sitting down, has stood up and, and said to America that you have some problems that you need to address. You have some problems that you need to address so you can become a better country, a better place to live. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with challenging people, challenging individuals to be better, challenging countries to be better, challenging our lawmakers to be better, challenging our president to be better. There's nothing wrong with it. And that's all Colin Kaepernick is doing here. That's all he's doing. He's telling you that America has some problems that America needs to address in order for America to be better. Should he continue sitting down? That's something he has to decide. <sighs> Do I think he should continue to sit down? Maybe a few more times. But I think the message has been sent loud and clear. And I think the message is this. America's great, America's beautiful, America's nice, but America has some things that it needs to fix if this country wants to be greater. It's already great. But it wants, if it wants to be greater, certain things got to be fixed for that to happen. He says he'll never, ever, 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 well, not never, ever, but he says he's not going to sit down until this is fixed. He's not going to sit down until it's fixed. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But the NFL season is upon us. And, you know, it, it's time to get back to talking about what's going on in the going on, on the field. You got college football starting up, which is obviously an exciting time. You know, a lot of great games coming up this weekend in college football. So that's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So college football is back, man. Football is back. This, this is a great time of the year. You know, the, the, the summer is done, pretty much. This is pretty much the unofficial end of the summertime. This weekend, Labor Day weekend. I mean, you got Oklahoma, Houston, number three against number 15. That's a big game. So, I mean, it's exciting. LSU, Wisconsin at Lambeau Field, which is a great, great. I mean, North Carolina, uh, Georgia. So you got some big games coming up, man. You know, USC against Alabama. 
I mean, number 20, USC against number one, Alabama. I mean, so you got a lot of great football coming up this weekend in college football. Hey, I mean, we, you know, some teams could be knocked out already this weekend. Out there this weekend. I mean, a lot of great football coming up this weekend. College football, it's back. The NFL's back next Sunday. This world is a beautiful place. What a country. I want to thank Willie Rowe for stopping by. I want to thank Tyrone Carter for stopping by. And I want to thank Darwin Pay the Price for stopping by. You can listen dot com slash p game send messages to the show on twitter at go for again hit us up on our youtube channel youtube.com slash go for again and support all the great things going on we'll go for it we're 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 off tomorrow we did our show special thursday show you guys enjoy your labor day weekend and we'll be back next week talking sports and having fun doing it see you later Take care. Bye.